That's classified. It's what? It's classified. It had been deemed classified. And B, that footage is highly classified. Classified. It's classified. You can't tell anybody, but... People need to know. Welcome to CIO Classified, where you'll find candid conversations with the world's leading CIOs. In each episode, we have two different CIOs discuss a single topic. This week, we were joined by Yusuf Khan and Kathy Southwick. Yusuf is a five-time CIO and is currently a partner at Ridge Ventures. A friend of the podcast, Yusuf comes back to share his insights into how to handle leaving a company as their CIO. And fortunately, we get to hear about the whole process because his successor joined us too. Kathy is the CIO of Pure Storage. Taking over from Yusuf, she has incredible insight into how to handle what you think would be a rocky start, but turned into a great friendship. She shares her advice on how to be an effective CIO right off the bat and how reaching out to your predecessor is a secret to success. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from today's sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Box, Okta, Slack, and Zoom. Modern employees demand the best tools at work. If your company wants to embrace the modern work environment, you need best-of-breed tools like Box, Okta, Slack, and Zoom. This episode of CIO Classified is brought to you by Slack. As the leading channel-based messaging platform, Slack is transforming business communication. It's where people can work together effectively, connect all their other software tools, and find the information they need to do their best work. Learn more at slack.com. And now here's your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to CIO Classified. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and I am joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Cassidy. How are you? I am great, Ian. It's good to be here. How are you today? Good to have you back. I'm, uh, uh, I am 10 weeks into uh, the journey of a lifetime with a new uh, 10-week-old baby, so um, that's why we haven't been uh, in our listeners' ears quite as much, um, but I'm back, we're back, and excited to have on two amazing guests. First, a recurring guest. Yusuf, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And our new guest, the amazing Kathy Southwick, how are you? I think I'm going to come here more often if I get addressed that way each time. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> you are indeed uh, extremely uh, amazing. You have uh, a ton of info uh, locked in the noggin that we're going to try to unlock today. And we're going to talk about being CIO of Pure Storage and, and many other things um, that you've, uh, you've seen throughout the years. So let's get started. You're the CIO of Pure Storage. What does your role look like? So I have a really interesting role. Um, I've been here about two and a half years and got a great, talented, diverse team. Um, and we're responsible for all of our business enterprise applications, anything to do with collaboration, productivity tools, and user support. I also have all the enterprise infrastructure and um, our what we call technology operations. And then um, last but not least, cybersecurity for not just IT, but also the product side as well. So that's a, a big change for Pure in that we've moved cybersecurity from the product teams uh, managing our products into the CIO organization. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to successfully transition from CIO out of your role, how to basically embrace um, when you get handed a, uh, a really difficult challenge. The previous CIO at your company was someone who we 
you know, have uh, the pleasure to talk to today because Yusuf preceded you. So this is a really exciting opportunity to to talk about what that transition was like, how you both thought about it from from your ends, and how other CIOs uh, can talk about it. And uh, you know, and CIOs, uh, you know, aim to build their leadership teams out in in a unique and and fascinating way. So I guess we'll start off with Yusuf here. The months leading up to changing roles, how did you ensure a smooth transition? You know, in, in the lead up to me leaving, I think a large part of the focus was the fact that, and just for context, I was at Pure Storage for about three and a half years as the company's first CIO, having seen the company go through a tremendous amount of growth from 2015 to 2018. And, you know, the months before uh, that I was leaving, you know, I had a number of core objectives. And I think the number one core objective was to be able to try and do my best to be able to keep both the organization in kind of an operationally efficient kind of manner and, you know, get a good foundation for the next leader to to take over. You know, I think it's, from my standpoint, it was really about a decision I'd made about where I find myself most useful and where I can add value and hopefully start to provide kind of governance. I've always been the very first CIO for any company that I've been part of. I've now taken five roles from that vantage point. And so really it was about saying I've been able to help build a good foundation, be able to hopefully build a, a you know a sizable team with good levels of diversity and kind of intellectual curiosity. But it was really about setting up the foundation for what lay ahead and the right type of leader to to take that forward and no better person than Kathy to be able to do that. In fact, one last vantage point I would give is after Kathy joined, I did reach out out of uh, probably good citizenship more than anything else and, uh, and be able to say, well, you know, here's me. I'm not sure whether you're mad at me uh, or not, but I would like to make sure that I can answer any questions that you have and be able to give you any context that I probably wasn't able to give because we weren't able to, able to overlap. And, she was very gracious and, and generous with her time, and, and I'd like to think that that collaboration has continued. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of the, the focus and, and the spirit in which uh, I was kind of doing the transition and thinking about uh, the last few months. I thought it was curiosity. He just wanted to see who I was and what am I going to do to his team. But, but we'll go with Yusuf's story. <laughs> well, well, you know, so, some of it was curiosity, uh, let's face it. Yeah, it was. But I think ultimately, yes, I think it came down to the fact that if you're mad at me, uh, I'm right here, and uh, you can give me as much feedback as possible because you know I'm a, I'm a god for punishment. So, so absolutely a, anything you and she was actually very, very, very nice, and 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 actually I was like, wow, they've really chosen really well, and uh, so I'm just really, really happy for Pure Storage and really happy, happy for Kathy. And so, Kathy, what was that? What was that like? Um, you know, especially having some time between then and now to think about it, to think back through all of that. And to say, like, okay, what could he have done better? This is going to sound really corny, but um, it was probably one of the best gifts that uh, we actually, when Yusuf had left Pure, and then when I came in, it had been a few months. So the teams were, um, you know, any team that you come into, whether that you're in a company and you're promoted into that position, or you come into a role and someone's there and you're transitioning, the teams go through their own emotional kind of like, what's going on? Where do I fit in? What's this new person going to be like? And I think what really helped me when I say it was a gift was that Yusuf reached out. Um, I hadn't been there very long. I want to say it was probably less than a month and said, I, I'm not going to bug you. I'm not going to tell you what, you know, anything at all like that. I just want you to know that if you have questions, if you want to just chat, 
And, um, and why I say that was the best gift, because when you come into a new role, you're look, kind of looking around going, okay, there's some things that you go, what are they doing? Or, you know, am I imagining things or is, um, you know, or am I being played or, you know, just all those things, natural things that you go through. And it was like this kind of secret person I had, uh, although it wasn't a secret, you know, people knew, but that I could call and say, okay, so like, give me the, really the rundown on, I would see two individuals that are clashing and, and he could give me a little bit of the historical side of it. So that sounds strange, but that was very helpful. Not that it changed anything I was going to have to go through, but it gave me perspective and it gave me an ability to kind of go, okay, so now I at least understand. And I think the biggest thing that all of us have to do coming into a role is you got to seek to understand first, because that's what, um, you don't know all the, you know, it doesn't mean I always had this belief of you, um, you don't want to hold on to your past. You want to respect the past and um, and respect the legacy or whatever it is. But you sometimes need to know a little bit about that so that you can really help to, you know, get the organization to say, okay, so I get where we've been, but this is where we're going to get to go now. And I need you guys to be there with me. So I really help. I felt like Yusuf gave me some of that insight to help me figure out, and no, no joke, we did have many conversations where I'm like, what were you thinking? And uh, and we would laugh about it, but that actually I think helped us to bridge that. Um, and and some people on the team were like, "You talk to Yusuf? Like I saw you across the street, you know." And I'm like, "This is what grownups do. You actually help each other because we all have a role to play as you come into any kind of company. And so if you can figure out where to find like a good balance of kind of the joking and some of the whatever it is, um, you know, that you have." that's a great place to start. That's actually a really healthy thing that you want an organization to go through as well to say, Hey, I get it. I respect what you guys did. And, but guess what? We have some things we need to do differently because the company's at a different, at a different spot. So I felt like I had this kind of like special gift to be able to have someone because a lot of times you walk into a role or you're, and you don't have that. And so you kind of feel alone and that if you, um, and that doesn't matter if it's a CIO role or anything, having the kind of a bridge to help you to get to that next stage, you know, to get that team where you, you know, you, you might want to, Yusuf might want it to have done things. And we talked about that. There were things where he said, man, I just couldn't get leadership to agree to this. I'm like, it's not because it was right or wrong back then. Sometimes things just happen at certain times of a company's evolution that allow you to do things that he couldn't do or that I want to do but couldn't can't do now that he was able to just because size of company, growth of company, I'm not going to say politics because that's not really a big thing at Pure, but definitely just the, um, you know, just kind of like who the players are and, and how things are operating. So I thought it was very, very beneficial to um, be able to have, talk very openly about, you know, both the good and the, and the challenges. It sounds like it's beneficial to both of you. So I just want to add to that. There was the question of what were you thinking uh, was uh, was pretty proficient, and and my answer to that was I wasn't thinking. I, I apologize. I just I was just you know I was I was young and stupid. I apologize. I, I tried to basically go through it. You know, joking aside, look, I, I think a, a key part of that was the fact that yeah, the pace of the company and the structure and the priorities at the time were very different, and you need you know from my standpoint as you think about transitions. Ultimately, you want the next person to be monumentally successful, and that was my that was the spirit in which I'd I'd reached out to Kathy number one, and it was not about well, hey, I've done it this way, and this is the best way about going about doing it. It's more about providing her with as much information as possible, so so she is able to basically provide a perspective and be able to say, you know, that is interesting, and that probably is suitable for the stage of company of, of where it was, but it's not going to basically take us. For the years ahead, I, I think I was—I did as best a job as I could for the 
the years that I was there with the intention of being able to respond, react, build, and to be able to try and drive things further forward. But I you know, came to the conclusion, and which is why I decided to leave, was to say, I can't be as effective as a leader at the size and scale, number one. And number two, there's just different vantage point, but there's also kind of personal motivations that I basically had in terms of what I wanted to also do. And so when I actually reached out, a large part of the conversations that we had were, yeah, what were you thinking? And I was like, well, actually, I wasn't thinking entirely. I was reacting, number one. Number two, in certain cases, I totally expect this was a temporary, or I totally expect that this was in place because it was a good solution in time. It wasn't there for the longer term, and we didn't have clear answers at the time. This is the opportunity for you to basically do it. And I think probably the best part of that fact was that you know, Kathy was both very receptive to that conversation, number one. And number two, I've made it abundantly clear from my standpoint, like, I just want you to be, whatever I can do to be able to help you be successful in the time ahead, I'm happy to basically do and answer any questions at level of depth and detail. But the other piece was because I had institutional knowledge for several years preceding Kathy joining, I thought it was important for her to be able to have that and be able to actually understand how you navigate, not just the politics, which there weren't actually many at, at Pure, but just like, hey, here's how some of the decisions were made, and this was the thinking around it, whether it was based on partners or customers or vendors or strategy or otherwise. And this is how it came about. So therefore, if that helped in 1% reducing level of frustration or at least answering some questions, then that's great. And I think that's one of the things when I think about transitions, a lot of CIOs don't think about that. They don't actually think they, they think about, well, you know, we just want to be able to keep things moving forward as with. And actually, you kind of need a different mindset. In some cases, you need a different leadership team. In some cases, you actually need different priorities. And in some cases, yeah, I mean, I I happily admit there were certain things that I wasn't able to drive further forward, but I know that probably I could have done a better job in articulating or being able to actually provide it in a much more holistic way. I think, you know, one of the things that I kind of got is Kathy was able to look at the picture in in a different way. And I think sometimes that's required. Otherwise, you start to feel like, oh, this is the only way it's supposed to be done. It's not actually the only way it's supposed to be done. It could actually be done much better and much differently. You just need the perspective to do that and the leadership around it. And Kathy was the right person. So, so yeah. It sounds like it was just the most perfectly advantageous thing to do for both of you, where Yusuf, you can get the feedback that you want. Kathy, you can get the context that you want. Uh, it sounds like all teams should be doing something like that. Well, I, I just, I didn't want her to be mad at me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm very, <laughs> I, I don't, don't, don't be mad at me, Kathy, please. Uh, but yes, that was also part of it. See, I told you it was self-preservation. No, yes. I, I think that the, um, as you kind of go through this and for any kind of CIO transition is that um, one, we all have to be super honest with ourselves about like where some of our talents are and where our strengths are and things that, you know, that maybe you're not as good at and that's okay too. But I think you have to, I think the thing that changed for me uh, and probably for Yusuf is we completely respected that while we have some common skills and some common ways of doing things, we also have some very different perspectives on, you know, size and scale. So Yusuf being first CIOs at several companies, that is a very different vantage point than for myself. I, you know, was at at t and, you know, it's 250,000 people. And, you know, we our IT alone at one point was 28,000 people. So very different perspective of, you know, size, scale, and what happened. So the beauty of it was, you know, we both got to kind of appreciate and respect. I think that's a hard thing that a lot of us go into new roles 
And we think we're coming in to save something or do something. That's not actually what we're doing. It's that that organization. And even when you either self-select to go to a new role or you are asked to move into a new role, that you have to kind of assess yourself and say, these are things I'm really my strengths. And these are things I'm, you know, probably uh, there aren't my strengths. And I, I know what my things are that I'm not. And I think what we recognized was, oh my gosh, we actually have some complementary perspectives. And also we were willing to you know, talk about it. And I think that's a hard thing is to be open and say, look, I'm not so good at this part. And, or um, when I, I mean, literally we had a conversation around, um, there was a couple of leadership challenges and, um, and there were things that, you know, at the time, the way that the leadership was structured was for a very particular reason. When I came in, I'm like, what the heck are you thinking? And I literally did say that. And he was like, well, here's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, I get now why you were thinking it like that. But coming into it cold, I literally, you would have been someone going, he didn't know what he was doing. And that's not what it was. So I think that's the hard part for any CIO transitioning is you have to kind of take a step back, think about it from what's happened in the past. Where was that company coming from? And that really where you're at today, you know, I completely respected some of the decision. I've even told Yusuf even as early as probably within the last six months that I think there were some pretty cool technology choices he made. Very early on, those companies were very immature. They were not really ready for prime time, and he took a, I'll call it a bet on them. And I think that that helped both Pure to be a little bit more on the innovative edge, and I think it also helped um, these companies to prosper in the, um, you know, in the economy that we know today. So now I could argue that maybe some of the implementation wasn't how I would have done it, but again, you look at it and you go, well, three years ago, it probably made sense that comp- that company wasn't ready. We weren't ready. We didn't have the right teams or sk- whatever it was. And so you, that's why I'm always like, ah, you can't kind of, you know, Monday morning quarterback some of these things because there's um, the choices you make on technology decisions, on leadership decisions. And at that time, if you have an understanding of why, then you can actually go, okay, so I can now I just need to make adjustments. So how are we going to adjust to go forward? We're going to, we're going to re re-implement this, or we're going to change some of the leadership, change some of the focus. And, and we got a lot of feedback from our business partners telling us, okay, this part works really well. I don't like this part, how it works. Well, they probably never even thought to share that feedback. Cause that's another thing we often don't do is give feedback to others. And so um, I think this is, you know, it's helped from a full circle. And I do think that we've both benefited both professionally and also personally by having this very um, mutually open conversation about, you know, how, you know, what are the good things and what are the challenges as you're making transitions? Yeah, I think, I think one thing I'd say just generally when it comes to transitions, it's about expectation setting as well. There's just, you know, if you think about someone taking over, they don't have full context just in terms of the organization that they're managing in some cases. And I try to basically fill that gap. But the other piece is the role of the CIO, especially for a technology company, just is so multifaceted. There is that go-to-market part of the role. There is an aspect of representing the company with customers and partners. And so one thing I, you know, I, I thought about very carefully was like, okay, you know, if, if I'm able to share a bunch of information, would that save Kathy a whole bunch of time? or to be able to make decisions so she has all of the information from that vantage point. Some of that is not about you know, technology decisions or teams. It's just like, here's what's happened with the company. Here's what looks at it from a good mark. And those things are actually missed out in a lot of cases. You know, when CIOs take over from other CIOs, you will, they've come from, a, they've got enough reference points. They've managed large teams. They've looked at similar technology. They've deployed it out. That's, that's ubiquitous. But the other aspect of the role, which is on the executive side, the executive partnerships that exist, the, the go-to-market aspect, like what are those expectations? What do people expect? What works? What did I probably articulate with people internally where I was like, well, look, 
I don't want to color your opinion, but here's how I felt and here's how I did. Maybe it's suitable for you. Maybe you feel strongly about it, but I didn't. And I think that being able to make sure that she had that, I think, w w was critical. And I think the other thing in, in, in transitions specifically, as I mentioned earlier, number one is most CIOs don't think about it. They don't build the leadership team early enough. They don't think about the leadership DNA that they need to typically have. They don't actually think about, well, what's relevant now versus what's relevant later, because you're just in the thick of it. You're responding to a lot of stuff. You're thinking about it stuff. And I didn't have, I, I did some of that, but I clearly could have done a much better job. And that's why it required a different leader to sort of take that in place. And I think the, the last piece is, is really about just being able to make sure that you understand what that transition is for the stage of company, the stage of team, the stage of operation, you know, the stage of revenue. You know, if you, if you are a, a company of a several hundred, when I joined Pure to a few thousand, that's one thing. But when it's going to become several thousand and several thousands in, in future, then that's that. It, it's a different sort of operation. You need a different leadership team. You need a different sort of DNA. And that happens when it comes to even early stage products in large companies where you have someone who's leading an organization to be able to build out a product, take it to market, but then being able to expand that product in an ecosystem, market it, all of that's a different skill set. And so therefore, those transitions happen as well. And I think a lot of CIOs, a lot of actually, forget about CIOs, executive teams don't think about that. I think they're, and I definitely started to think much more about it in the last few months that allowed me to be able to do that. So I think that's one of the lessons I would give to CIOs is think about longer term succession planning, number one, but also just think about, hey, how does this look like if you double the size of the team, number one, or you what are the leadership gaps that you exist now and actually hire for them early because talent acquisition, especially in this industry, is really, really hard. Kathy, you mentioned that you worked at AT&T before. What did you look for in a new company when you were looking to take on a new CIO role? You know, um, so a little bit of a, um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an insight. So I actually had been a customer of Pure's. I was one of Pure's largest enterprise customers. So I knew Pure from a technology perspective before I knew anything else. So when I was um, kind of going through the same career journeys that Yusuf's kind of mentioned earlier, you know, I started to think about, you know, what was going to be important. So the type of company, are they innovative? Um, as cliche as it sounds, customer first is really big. I don't want to work for somebody who says that and then, but doesn't actually believe it and live it. I wanted a company that was, uh, that the teams were very focused on kind of that goal. Like we're trying to drive the company to, you know, deliver these innovative products that really do great things for customers. And so it's, you know, many of those aspects were around, um, were they creative and how they did their products were they, you know, so all those elements were kind of what I looked at. And I had the benefit of when I was at AT&T and I knew Pure from a technology perspective, I knew what it was doing to our environment and from the delivery of the technology how it was transforming our business in our, you know, in the data and the storage space, that part of it was easy. I have to believe in the product that I'm going to go work, you know, with, because otherwise, you know, I don't feel like I can do it justice. And, you know, as Yusuf mentioned, a big part of a CIO's role is often to help, you know, breathe the energy of um, technology and what our products do to our peers and to you know, other customers. And so um, I had that kind of, I'll call it, you know, um, that, that part of it, I knew pure from a complete customer angle. So Pure was a good fit because I knew a technology, I knew that they were still a small startup, but I knew that at a large size enterprise, their technology could be very successful because I'd seen it firsthand. So um, for me, that was a, 
it was a relatively easy move. Um, I, you know, met many of the leadership team, all the leadership team. And, um, and I was really, I believed in the mission of what Pure was trying to do to disrupt a, a traditionally static environment about how storage infrastructure is managed and used, and that it could really change how CIOs have to think about it. Because they think of, usually storage is not the first thing to think about, because they're thinking about, you're thinking about all these other elements. But it's one of the elements that um, it's kind of like the plumbing and, you know, in your house. You don't think about the plumbing until it breaks. I consider it's kind of like the role of IT. We're kind of the oxygen. And so no one thinks about IT until there's a problem. But that's what it needs to be. It needs to be that type of service. So for me, it needed to kind of fill all those, um, those boxes of just innovation and creativity and being able to, you know, really provide a good, valuable product to our customers. So, Kathy, as you're kind of making this decision, obviously, you know, spending 20 plus years at AT AT&T at, you know, Fortune 10 company, uh, massive IT organization, you go to a smaller organization, it means you have less of those kind of VP levels, less of those like senior leader IT folks. Was that something challenging? Because it seems like, you know, to me that going from big company to small company, like one of the big differences is like those kind of, you know, your lieutenants, uh, those folks uh, who are doing tons of, uh, you know, their own planning and assessments and all that stuff that now it's like, wait, I, this is all me. I just kind of have to figure all this stuff out on my own. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I, um, I was accused of when I came to Pure that I was having too much fun because um, I would uh, I would be told that, you know, you look like you get to work and you can't. When I said, well, I do get very excited. I think what we get to do every day is, you know, I think that there's so many, anytime you get to create, use technology to help like a business and help employees and help people. I mean, I just think it's incredible. I, um, I love it every day. So what I found the most, I'll call it rewarding, making the switch was that you're right. So at at t um, your talent bench is very deep and very broad. So I did find that initially it was hard because I was used to having so many experts and so many different domains. And so when you run into any problem, you know, we had teams of folks, not not like a person's, you know, partial time, but you had teams of folks. So that was probably the biggest, I'll call it, um, adjustment I had to make was just the awareness that our teams don't look like that. We had many folks that were, um, I'm not going to say, I'm th- you might call them like a jack of all trades, but that's not really what they were. They just had enough technical depth for what we as a company needed to be able to perform and do and to get us that next step. What we didn't have was like to Yusuf's comment about when you start building out a team, it's the, what comes around the corner. So I'll give you an example. Um, at the time when I joined and, um, you know, and this is no indictment of use of it all, but there were certain elements of things like, um, incident management that we didn't have. And how do you actually communicate effectively with, you know, an entire organization. So when I first joined, it was one of the first times that um, a particular, you know, company had a widespread global outage. And we did not have the practices in place to be able to say, okay, here's how we communicate. Here's the standards we use. Here's here's how we'll do notifications, things that are, um, you know, that you would expect to, you know, see. But for a company that was still in a, I'll call it a real build mode, they didn't really have those kind of events. And the more employees that you bring on means the more transactions that you have means the more change management that's going to happen, which means the more you're going to start having incidents that occur. So having, having some of the, um, not having folks who've actually even experienced that 
that was probably hard in the sense that they were like, oh my gosh, I'm not even sure what all that means. So I think that when Yusa was commenting earlier about bringing in talent, I think the one thing I learned at AT AT&T is it's not about having these deep technical benches across every aspect. That's not what it is. It's about knowing enough, especially in a company that is growing and you're, like he was mentioning, you know, when you're you're a few hundred million and then you get to the billion, you're closing on two billion, you have totally different issues you're dealing with. So you have to have enough awareness to get you over the next set of hurdles to build out enough. So the things that I learned coming in from AT&T was one, um, man, there was a whole bunch of things that we did at AT&T that when I came into Pure, I'm like, we don't have to do those anymore. I'm like, yes. So having some of the heavy governance and processes that you have to have when you are a you know, $140 billion company is very different than a company that's less than $2 billion. So knowing the where you kind of put the gauge on, I'll call it that heaviness, it's actually been quite freeing. And, I, and I've enjoyed the ability to say, I know there's some things we're going to have to do, but you don't have to do everything right now. And so don't weigh yourself down. And I think that's the thing um, you've know, learned a lot coming into Pure is you don't actually need to have in-depth processes and technology and the bench and everything for everything that you're going to eventually have to do. But you need to have enough foresight to start thinking about okay, we're going to start having these issues. So literally when we had uh, two outages in two of the SaaS applications, and you would have thought I had this magical crystal ball because people said, how did you know that was going to happen? And, and because now we had some things in place to help them facilitate the incident. And I said, it's, it's only because we got that much bigger we had that many more people. We had that many more employees. We had so all of a sudden, you know, your usage starts going up. And it's, I mean, it's like with anything. I mean, you know, wear and tear in your car. The more you drive it, and the longer you have it, you're gonna have to start doing more work to it. So it was one of those things where, um, you know, at the very moment, you know, I got to sit back and go, yes, I, you know, I called that one just in time. But I laughed about it because I'm like, no, these are the things that just size and scale start to matter, and you have to start putting in. And start figuring out where, where, and when is it time to start adding, you know, some more capabilities. And so, I've been really impressed with our team. They have been just so incredible with one learning. We have brought in a bunch of new talent. We've gotten into areas where we had people where it was kind of a part-time job for them to create, you know, work on a technology. Where now the volumes there requires us to have two full-time people to do it. So that again, size and scale, the number of transactions, number of employees, number of technologies number of integrations and all those things, it just starts to change. So those are probably the biggest differences is when you're at a size like an AT&T, your scale is already there. And so you're typically always trying technology, but you're always looking for when it's going to break. And I get the reverse privilege of being able to say, we get to try all this cool stuff and figure out what do you actually need to do before, because we're not going to break it likely, but we'll start running into issues where our environments will start having just some nuances that we have to care for. So it's a, um, I think I have that privilege of being able to have seen both sides of the spectrum that gives me the ability to, you know, work with our teams and the leaders who, you know, the other part of it is, is, you know, and I know Yusuf believes this as well, is there's nothing better as a leader of a technology team than to see people grow themselves, both personally and professionally, and then have them come and go, oh my gosh, look at, look what I did. And you're like, this is so cool to see someone um, who maybe didn't have enough confidence in themselves. And it's new technology for them because some of our early and career technical folks, they need a chance to learn experience too. So just needing to know when can we create some of those safe places or spaces where they can do that and the blast radius isn't going to you know, hurt us for some of the new technology that we'll introduce. So it's so it's kind of goes both ends of the spectrum. I was probably a little wordy for how I think about it, but it's pretty interesting to see what happens when you're at the larger scale versus the smaller scale. Wordy is good. I loved every part of that. <laughs> 
Um, so Yusuf, because you've transitioned out of more than one company in your life, what would you say is your biggest advice for CIOs transitioning out of companies? I think a, a couple of key pieces of advice, you know, get a lay of the land. So I <laughs> do actually think, ask the questions that need to be asked and don't shy away from that. I think there's a lot of CIOs who make the mistake. They're like, I know how to do this. I'm just going to come in and, and do it my way. It's just harsh reality is every company is different. It, you know, you can have the exact same technology stack, which is probably why in some cases you get hired in some cases because you're like, oh, I'm familiar with this and I've been able to transform this, et cetera. But, you know, every organization is different from a culture standpoint, from a structure standpoint, but go to market standpoint. So I think that's one piece that definitively that I think every CIO should basically take in place. I think the second piece is really much more about really think about how you grow the team professionally, development-wise or otherwise. I think it's not just about coming in and taking over. It's actually about you are responsible for, you know, a group of individuals that have been in place there sometime. I think Kathy spoke about that. And I think that's the other piece is you're just doing it at a much bigger scale in some cases, right? And so being able to actually ask the questions, being able to, the role of the CIO ultimately is being able to lead a team and have them aligned towards a, a set n- number of goals, but being able to make sure that each of them succeed as a result of it. And so I think the other piece is understand the context of the culture uh, and coming in with an open mind is probably the biggest piece of advice I would give to most CIOs coming in. Yeah, you know, the thing I'd add to what Yusuf said is that hearing and listening to the team is, you know, probably paramount. But I think it's the other part that's equally as important is when you do recognize that maybe someone on the team is not the right fit or that you kind of, I'm going to say, you question if they could, if they'll be able to make the next step of transition is I think that we owe it to our teams to be open and honest and have the candid conversations. And I think too often when you're transitioning in or transitioning out, we don't have those candid conversations. And I think, you know, we should be very open with people about these are some things I think you are very skilled at, very talented at. These are some things that um, I think are some of your gaps. And as a team, this is where we're going. Either are these things that one you want to work on? Because sometimes people will honestly tell you, I know those are my, you know, things I need that are development areas. I, I, I don't want to work on I just want to go, I, you know, I'm ready to leave. And so I think you have to be open. And I think it's both for transitioning in or transitioning out is give people the, the courtesy of, you know, and give them the respect that, hey, these are the things you're really good at. But hey, also, you know, you're never going to be a CIO or because I think that also people have false expectations. And I don't mean it in the sense of like, you'll never be, but it's like, if there's things they need to work on, tell them what they need to work on so that they can make the decision. I'm never going to do that. So I'm, I don't want that role or, you know, I'm willing to invest the time. Would you be willing to help me? And I think that that's a hard conversation, both for people coming in and for people leaving to give that to your teams. I mean, I, one of the pieces of advice I give in general, I've mentored and coached people, whether it's operationally or advising them from a career standpoint, I always say, irrespective of what role, irrespective of what level, come in from taking some time to reflect on your previous role and ask yourself, are there things in my previous role that I would not want to repeat? because I could have done a better job. And actually, be honest with yourself and do that. I typically ask people to write two lists. One list is, hey, things that I, I did really well and I want to be able to make sure I bring, I'm proud of, and I can execute on. And the second list of just be honest with yourself, like you know you could have done better. You probably could have made that decision faster or you probably shouldn't have made that decision or acted in some way. And you want to make sure that doesn't repeat. And being able to, to do that, and I, I, I think that's one of the key pieces of advice I give is like just be honest with yourself about that and sort of you know bring that to the next role and do your best work and i think that's one of the things that i learned 
as I've done, you know, a few transitions is to come in from that vantage point is to know that I basically have recognized, and I think self-awareness is a skill that some CIs are still trying to gather. Kathy has abundance of it, and I think I've tried to build that myself. But I do think that doing some reflection on that as part of a transition is kind of important. So, yeah. And be open to asking others. I think that you need to, you can ask your team. There are people that will tell you, you know, what I thought was really great working with you and, um, and there were the, and, or ask your peers, CIOs. I've reached out to other CIOs to say, hey, I've shared some of these things. Um, you know, what, it's not, it's not that you're necessarily asking for advice. You're asking for input that helps you to kind of feed it into how you think about how do I want to be a better leader? How do I want to, maybe this isn't the right CIO job for me. Maybe I need a different kind of position. And um, so I will say that's one thing about the CIO community that I'm, you know, I'm just completely amazed with is the amount of support for one another with you would think that people would be competing for the same jobs. And that's not really what it is because we all have different skills in this. And so I think that what I've seen is um, are the CIOs in general are very willing to help each other. And so, but that's only one piece of the input. So I think, you know, getting it from your teams or you're from your leadership or, you know, others that you've worked with, that's only going to help you to, to be stronger in whatever you decide to go do. Lots of group therapy sessions have been conducted, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, which have yes. made all of us better, I'd like to think, yes. I've moderated some of them, and I've been participating yeah. in others. Hopefully this podcast helps a little bit. And Kathy, how, how, when you came to the role, I mean, again, you, you had so many um, IT people that, that you'd been working with, and you come into this new role, you have you know way less numbers-wise, way less uh, you know talent, but you also want to continue to develop a, a, a diverse and talented bench. Like how how did you do that? How do you think about that now? I mean, I'd imagine you're much more involved in a on a one-to-one basis with hiring decisions on the team and stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm curious how do how do you think about building a, a diverse bench of talent? So I think well, first I think about it every day, and I am we work on it every day. And I think that's the the challenge that some leaders have is, you know, you think you'll have to do these things once in a while or during, you know, annual reviews or during annual, you know, discussions or month, whatever it is. So I truly think about those things every day. And that's actually the benefit of coming into Pure. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that I could share with you from, you know, the budget, the budget I managed at at t was larger than Pure's market cap today. So it's, um, it's just, it's a number. So I, so I quickly also learned that those type of numbers, whether it's number of employees or number of your budget, it doesn't matter. It's still the same principles and disciplines about treating people right, um, being you know disciplined, focusing on you know that we're all humans. We want to come to work and feel like we're valued and we matter, and that the contributions that each of us make that they do make a difference. And so I think I've done a lot more from a um, I'll call it coaching and development. We do you know use of notes. We have a lot of early in career in our company. And um, I want them to have that experience that what it's like to be where you can come into work and you feel like you matter. And so it's a, um, you know, I tried to do AT&T and I still actually do some mentoring and coaching for folks. Um, I did a bunch of things for the women in technology at, at, at AT&T. And I think that's part of, uh, it's either part of who you are or you have to teach yourself constantly to keep making sure that you're, you know, reaching out, you're giving people a chance. And, you know, now I can't do all the one-on-ones I used to do in the beginning where I did meet with every single person in the team and met on a regular basis. But there are a handful of people who I still meet with who don't directly report to me, who, you know, they want to still have a conversation about, here's what I'm working on. They want to share. They want, again, they want to know what they're doing matters. And I think that that's probably my biggest learning is that it doesn't matter where you're 
the size of company or where you're at in the, you know, the organization, whether you're in the C-suite or you're the the first new college grad or the intern, people are still people. And so I think that we have to really, um, you know, and that was something I I will tell you, I did learn the AT&T. We did a significant amount of leadership development and training. And I am probably the most thankful for that coming out of there, that the amount of investment they made in their leadership to recognize the people that, you know, that's who does the work. That's what actually creates the business and carries the business and creates the revenue. And it's not all the leaders, all the executives, you have a role to play, but they have a much more significant role. And so our job is really to make sure they're there. So from a diversity perspective, um, it's everything. We've changed hiring practices. We've uh, we've changed that, you know, if you don't have a diverse candidate, a diverse panel who's doing the interviewing, find diversity in the company. We have engineering teams, other teams, you know, partner teams. And so uh, it is something that honest, I truly can tell you this. I work on this every day, trying to figure out how do you make this not just also to hire diversity, but it's to be an inclusive environment. I don't want people to come to work and feel like they can't be here. And, you know, it's, and I, and I believe these things. So it's almost, I'm not going to say it's easier, but I think that when you believe that that's what matters in the workplace, um, you, it, it becomes part of your fabric of the organization. So I've got people on the team who, uh, I mean, we've hired tremendous talent and I always just say at the end, I go, and oh, by the way, they just happen to be diverse because I don't want it to be that we're hiring diversity. <laughs> it's that we're hiring, you know, the right people, they just also happen to be diverse. And I think you can do that, but it takes time and it takes commitment. Were you, were you laughing at me, Yusuf? No, no, I wasn't laughing at you. Why, why would I do that? I was actually going to basically say, yeah, you know, pure story, hired a new CIO. <laughs> oh, you have to be a woman. So that's also good. So, so, <laughs> well, it's true, though, because a lot of times people get confused with the whole, uh, and we've talked about this because Yusuf has been a big supporter of, you know, diverse talent um, as well in his career. I think that people get confused with, you know, when you come into any organization. So even, even at, does, again, it doesn't matter the size. I think the benefit that you have when you're coming, when you're in a company who's in high growth is you have the opportunity to hire more positions. So you should be able to put a wider net out to attract talent. And um, when you're in a company like AT&T where you have less infusion of new talent coming in, then you're very focused on retention, uh, making sure that people are feeling included, and but you still have the challenges that you may not have as you know diverse of a team as you'd like. So I think it's up to you know CIOs or hiring managers in general to believe in this, and then actually figure out how do I create an environment where people of diverse backgrounds um, feel like they can be here and be successful and valued and all those things. I could listen to the both of you talk forever, but we're starting to run out of time. And so, uh, but our last question for you is, what questions do you have for each other? Yusuf, why don't you go first? Kathy, have you forgiven me yet? Uh, That's a question I have. (laughs) That's so funny. I I forgave you the first meeting we had. (laughs) No. That's that's, that's great. I just need the validation. It took two years, but that's it. I think probably the, the, the biggest question is, are you having fun? in this role and i just because it seems like you are i just wanted to make sure that that you got there and i think the second thing is uh, do are you aware of the fact that i i will continue to be your intern uh de facto uh, externally that you can reach out so i just wanted to make sure that you yeah, i asked those questions right up front for public consumption and it's on the record <laughs> yes i know yusuf is always there i you know we will text here and there and uh is always available and i uh and i appreciate that 
And yeah, I, you know, I'm a generally, um, I'm a complete realist, but I am generally a very, you know, I'll call it happy person from the standpoint, like, I like, look, we get to do this technology thing every day. This is like the coolest thing ever. So um, <laughs> how could you not be happy? So now there are, there are I, I like everyone, I have bad, you know, I'll call them hours or days, but I don't typically have bad weeks and months. So um, I'm always having fun. And uh, I think that's because I, you know, technology and, and the people are at the heart of it. So when you have both those things, there's nothing better than that. So any question for me, Kathy? Yeah, my question for you is um, transitioning from, you know, this operational CIO. So do you feel like moving into the role that you're in now, is this journey been like all the jobs you've had, is this led to like, this is the right path? Or are you still on that journey for figuring out, would you want to move back into an operational role, you know, operational CIO kind of a role? No, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I could honestly say, I think all of the experience I had as a CIO really has benefited me to move into venture. I'm having a ton of fun doing it. It's it's been really really eye opening. It's been a tremendous amount of fun. It's I have a t- ton of intellectual curiosity that goes with it. And honestly, I think the other piece is that having been a CIO, it's actually helped me a lot. Having come into the venture uh, industry with a lot of early stage companies who are you know building out enterprise products, and I sort of come in from that vantage point and say, well, you know, would me and Kathy probably buy this product. I'm not sure about that. Let me tell you why. And they're like, well, that's that's super impressive. So the transition for me is, has been like, I've, I've been super grateful for the opportunities that presented with me, especially with Pure, which I consider to be you know, a phenomenal job that I was part of. But I feel very uh, both happy and elated being, being in venture. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, but it's still, I do miss hanging out with a lot of my CIO friends. So I try and find every opportunity to do that, including you, Kathy. So, uh, so yeah, so far, so good. And Looking forward to the time ahead. We kicked him out of the club, by the way. Just so you know, there's like a fine line between where this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Kathy, I was never part of the club, uh, and that goes back to high school. Uh, so let's let's just let's see. I was always the outsider, but yes, I I'll try and crawl my way back in. Well, awesome! Thank you both so much. Uh, fantastic uh, being a fly on the wall for this conversation today, and uh, we'll chat with you both soon. Great, great to be here. Thanks, you guys. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Bye, Kathy. Take care. Thank you, This episode of CIO Classified is brought to you by Slack. As the leading channel-based messaging platform, Slack is transforming business communication. It's where people can work together effectively, connect all their other software tools, and find the information they need to do their best work. Learn more at slack.com.